you are cordially indicted. Welcome to The Courthouse, a place where we walk the line between couples planning their biggest day ever and the professionals who make it happen. Meet your counsel and co-host, Rachel Willis, a wedding planner, and Kelsey Williams, a wedding designer. The world is evolving and weddings are no exception. Navigating this industry can be as challenging as it is rewarding, and there's a lot of information out there. We're here to set the record straight and give our best counsel as you plan for the big day, no matter which side you're on. We're going to give it to you straight. This is a safe place for honest conversations surrounding potentially controversial topics in the wedding world. Be prepared for some strong opinions and harsh truths, but above all, a desire to bring clarity to an otherwise enigmatic industry. Feel free to reach your own verdict. And remember, we don't mean to judge. Allegedly. Hello again. Hello again. Guys, we got to start. I think we got to get video quickly. We do. It's going to help. It'll feel more natural. Yeah. But we say again, because guess who delete, not deleted, just lost the first episode we recorded. So we're off to a stellar start, guys. As far as you're concerned, this is the first episode, but there was one that we recorded and it is in the ether somewhere. That's okay. That's neither here nor there. We were a little nervous. We are still nervous, but- it was a good practice run. I think it wasn't a complete, you know, waste of time. I'm definitely less nervous now than I was the first time. I have an appropriate amount of nervousness now. Good, 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 good. So this should be, this should be better. Y'all are getting the premium episode. <laughs> I hope. So anyways, hello. Hi. Welcome. It might be helpful. Oh, time ourselves. Let's see, Just to see. Fair enough. Just so we know. Because we still haven't established the frequency or the time limit or really anything Mm -hmm. we're gonna just we haven't established a darn thing about this podcast aside from it will be vaguely wedding related sometimes (laughs) as i love to say promise some things are just measured with the heart with the heart just a sprinkle of this here and a pinch of that there exactly but yeah um we have an exciting episode ahead i think i'm probably gonna say that about all of our episodes because we do feel very passionate about the topics that we have chosen because they have all been organic like it's not like we have sat down and said all right let's think of things to talk about it has literally been we have a catchphrase at this point it's called add it to the pod Mm -hmm. because something will happen in real life that we are living i.e this weekend There will be times we should probably honestly like work in episodes where we just do like a weekend recap if like one of us had a wedding. Yes. Okay. We just want to do celebrity wedding recaps. Oh, we just judge the hell out of celebrity Ooh. weddings. Yes, we are on the fly. Bonus episodes. <laughs> Bonus episodes that we are apparently going to do. Uh, you heard it here first. But yeah, so all of these topics are super exciting because we go through it and then we add it to the list of topics that we're going to cover. So this is one that actually was kind of the genesis of the podcast. The reason why we decided, well, I guess the topic that took it from idea to reality and made us actually move forward on like recording, getting equipment and all that stuff. Um, we felt like we had something very solid. Um, today we're going to be talking about budgets, but not your average budget, more like I guess, on the front of strictly educational. Setting expectations. Setting budget expectations and understanding what it is, what is realistic, depending on the part of the budget scale that you fall on, whatever that part is, because there's there's something to be said about each section. 
So all the things, and there's no straight answers. And obviously we are going to just give you our best and most candid advice on this. And of course we can also only speak to our own experience. There are going to be people that are outside of the realm of what our experience allows, but we are going to try and just, you know, make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable with, um, setting budgets. And we feel that we are, you know, an acceptable pair of people to have opinions on on these things. Yes. You know, we didn't even do like an introduction of what gives us the audacity. Oh, that I see. I see no reason why we can't still do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback off Rachel, um, we feel like, you know, the, the cordially indicted and the indictment part of that is kind of twofold. For fun. It's, it's a joke. For fun. We are, it is, you know, we are, we are having fun. We're having fun. I mean, we hope you have fun. Um, but there, it is twofold. There is the part that, you know, Rachel touched on of, you know, whenever you have disputes or disagreements, you bring them to court and you settle them there. Like that is, that is essentially what we hope to do here. Um, however, we are also going to be bringing to the attention of the people certain things that we just, it, it just, it needs to stop. Or <laughs> we, or we, we're going to suggest a, that it's issuing a cease and desist. Issuing a cease and desist order for sure on certain things because they do come up more often than, uh, than we'd like for them, for them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of that, that play on words. It really touches on many, many, um, subjects that we will get into more on the pod the pod um okay so i guess our disclaimer which i eventually will get faster at reading (laughs) maybe it's good that you actually start slow and then like every episode it gets a little faster Faster. so that way people actually at some point know what we're saying (laughs) it's like the end of a medical commercial yes it's not supposed to be heart attacks, death, right. <laughs> allergic reactions. Your tongue swells into your mouth. Right. <laughs> anyway, so our disclaimer is Rachel and Kelsey will have differing opinions from time to time as well, as will you. The intent of the pod is not to offend, but to inform and educate as how your decisions affect not just the professionals involved, but you, your partner, your family, and everyone affiliated with the success of your wedding. We know this is emotional. Weddings are emotional. And as always, we welcome you to make your own judgment. And these are just our opinions to garner an open discussion. Yay. You see we did there? Judgment? Cool. <laughs> okay. Our audacity. Where to begin? Where is the audacity? Okay. Start with, I guess, your, you know, how did you get into this? Right. Into the industry. In, yeah. Yes. Um, podcast. <laughs> Rachel said you want to do a podcast. And I just, <laughs> and I agreed with her. No, into the industry. I started planning weddings in formally 2014. Um, that is when planning commenced for the first wedding that I did professionally that I was paid for. Did I have like all the bells and whistles and all my ducks in a row as far as like LLC and all that stuff? No, not at that time. However, um, that would come very shortly thereafter. So I got the whole, I guess how I like literally got inspired to be and got the idea to be a wedding planner is from my mom. When I was very small, we, she had a wedding planning or wedding coordinating um, business with a group of her girlfriends. And she's always had this eye for logistics and organization. And she is like a just 
organization queen and so she and played she has a, amazing taste anissa just, is an icon she is, an completely icon. She is the moment she, <laughs> just i mean really truly so i always looked up to her and that was one big way that i looked up to her i would tag along and get to play helper for some of her um, wedding tasks when she was running her her situation back in the day and um it was always a side thing for her like she never endeavored to like take it full time but um, I was like, I will, I would love to do this at for a living and as a, you know, like as a thing and make this like my own. So that is exactly what happened. I am a woman of my word, I guess. Or maybe I, I think that's just, I've always had audacity because I literally was 11 and was like, no, I'm just going to do this. And then 10 years later, there it was, Kelsey Williams Weddings and Events. One of my favorite things as of this moment is the thought of Anissa with a clipboard and a pencil skirt and you toddling with your power cuffs behind her. That's just a visual that I am, that's going to carry me through the next few months. Power braids or power twists. Like at the time I was like, I had definitely like the little like barrettes and hair bows and little beads at the end of my hair all the time. And yes, she, we were, we, we have always been a tag team. So Yes. So that is how I got introduced into the world of weddings and what made me want to do it initially. Then um, we moved from New Orleans to Dallas. I'm from New Orleans, following Hurricane Katrina. And um, I grew up, did most of my growing up in Dallas and went on to just, I just kind of carried that dream with me and I wanted to do it. And so I did it. I really don't know how else to put it. I wanted it. And I said, I don't see any reason why I can't. I kind of made it clear, like everyone around me knew that I wanted it. So there were people that it just became like, oh, Kelsey's going to be a wedding planner. And I was okay with that. So when my best friend got engaged in 2014, here, I mean, it was on and popping. We, we just, I planned her wedding. I also was able to be very lucky to just kind of fall into some situations where people were aware of my skill set and my ambition to do events and I had some very very fantastic clients um to kind of lead the charge on getting my portfolio built and I'm very very thankful for them love you Schneiders shut up (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that was that's kind of how I got into this and it's been something that has evolved for sure I've realized over the years and throughout my career albeit short um that I really have a love for design in that my event design capabilities, while I think I have strengths in both categories, I think my design abilities far outweigh my potentially, you know, any of my planning abilities, I feel like they kind of are tenfold to that. So um, I am focusing now on pivoting, (laughs) pivoting and rebranding even and um, staking my claim in the event design, exclusive event design world. So stay tuned for that. Yes. He is one to watch. So if y'all are looking for just design services. My non-existent hair. (laughs) (laughs) It bounces. You got a couple bouncy curls. (laughs) Oh yeah. So if you are, I mean, hey, shameless plug. If you are in the market for- This whole thing is a shameless (laughs) plug. What are we here if not to bestow our pearls of wisdom and show people we know what we're talking about? That, I mean, hey, so when- we will certainly come across like we know what we're talking about. I'll say that. So yeah, but I, what's interesting about my journey is that I did a stint um, at the Dallas Arboretum as one of their event managers. And the inception of that 
career move um, is where Ms. Rachel comes into my life. So I think I'll let her take over from here. Yeah, honestly, thank you. (laughs) To say that I would not be where I am today without that opportunity would be a gross understatement, gross misrepresentation of like my, my trajectory from that moment on. So yeah, I'll let you take over. Oh my gosh. Well, you don't start there. I guess you could go back. You had a career before that too. Not really. (laughs) I mean, like, wow. Anticlimactic. My inception, I guess. No, is that right? Yeah. And the inception of your, um, I said Genesis. I don't know if that, that was, was probably right. better than mine. I definitely Initiation. almost said conception. <laughs> and I still said it. Okay. Um, yeah, I got started. I mean, I wanted to start planning events when I was 13 because I planned a surprise going away party for a friend in middle school. It's always, there's always an event that you like. Something happened. You, you can like trace back yeah. like when you first figured out oh this was fun mm-hmm. and it's always something like that like I think I planned like my cousin like Deja's like six-year-old party That's at Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> like how else I mean this is literally like not the biggest deal at all but it was like fun and then that was the the first time that it had come into my mind that it was possible to have a career in events And then I kind of had no idea what exactly I wanted to do just because I knew I wanted to go to UT. So hook them. I wanted to go there. They had no hospitality program at the time. I don't know if they do now, but so I just kind of picked something random to fall back on in case this didn't pan out. So yay, corporate communications degree. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially millennial culture. (laughs) Figure out to do something. Not having a specific degree path for it, picking something to fall back on and then pursuing what you wanted to do anyway. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so love that for me. And then see kind of a, I guess the actual true start was working at the Arboretum. I had started it part-time and then I got moved up to a manager fairly quickly and on my way on a golf cart to a very small ceremony in the gardens. Somebody stopped me to ask for the best way to apply for their job here. That was Kelsey, if that wasn't clear. (laughs) There's an implied link there. Right. There's no video. (laughs) So she stopped me on the golf cart and she was like, how do I apply? And I was mid on the way to the ceremony. So I just said, email Angela. (laughs) Um, And then you did. And then you got the job. And then we were coworkers for a while. And it was great. That really was the like. That like 18 month period when you were there and then you left and then I had Wally, Jay-Z and Stephanie was yeah. like pinnacle Arboretum team. Obviously I'm oh, biased. <laughs> Don't cancel this. I still want to work there. Okay. I think we were pretty, pretty cool team. We just had a, like, we were all friends and we all mm-hmm. supported each other. It was mm-hmm. really good. It was a great camaraderie, like helping with each other's events. There was frequent um, unwelcome weather <laughs> that it would just leave you like you needed more than two hands and we would just jump in. If, if we were available, we'd just do it. And that, mm-hmm. I, I loved the like teamwork that we had. Yeah. And like, we would all alternate taking naps under our desk <laughs> on weekends so we could help each other. Yeah. And we'd actually spend time. That's the first and only time to this day that I've spent time with coworkers outside of work willingly. Like we would sit, we would look at the time and be like, when we clock out, do we want to go grab some go shopping do whatever so it was a fun time yeah shout out arboretum team 
ladies, you know who you are. <laughs> we love you. We love you still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's my power freedom. Then I worked at Notting Hill Place, mm-hmm. which was really cool. I just kind of got the taste for, you know, the the more high-end clientele and being able to work more intensely with clients. And I had my first client actually was a Notting Hill client. They asked me while I was working there if I could plan their wedding for them. And at the time I obviously had to say no because I was working for the venue. <laughs> um but then I decided to start my own company and chatted with, you know, the venue first and just said, hey, are you okay if I reach out to this couple so I can plan their wedding? And they were my first ones and they were my biggest cheerleaders through the entire thing. And I miss them and they're in California now. So Lisa and Shane, if you're listening, shout out. (laughs) I was there too. Your wedding was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been kind of kicked off since then. So um, here we are. I'm full-time planning and designing, now bestowing my infinite wisdom upon the masses because, you know, I really just like to hear myself talk is what it is. Apparently. Yeah. Just so hilarious for how excited slash nervous you get. Listen, it it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I am know. a conundrum. I am. I love attention. We talked about this last weekend. I love attention. And I know it happened. I know it was so funny. Dinner. We were taking our dinner break at a, a wedding that is was one of Rachel's clients, and I was assisting her. And we were talking at dinner with the other vendors, the DJ, the photographer, about how it's always so awkward, so appreciated, but so Wonderful. awkward. Love it. It's it's a highlight and also a travesty in my day. <laughs> and it's it's it is totally me. It's not you. Yes. It is not you. It's me. It's when the couple or the parents, parents or, or somebody someone who's making a toast takes time in their speech to acknowledge you and the vendors and the planner and they call you typically the planner out by name and so Rachel was just like man that's I just never know it's like it's like when you don't know what to do with your hands yes and you're just like okay well yes I super appreciate this and I love it and like please don't stop doing it this is definitely not saying like right don't do this but it's just like you know how anybody feels when they're like put on the spot and you're just kind of standing probably like hunched over like you've been working you've been on your feet for like 10 hours at this I may point not have a shoe on like something we are in like we're getting closer and closer to our final form and it's like she had just said wow that's really awkward when that happens and not like 30 minutes later the dad was making his speech and was like I want to call out some people specifically and thank them and I immediately tensed up and Rachel was on the other side of the room and I was just like get ready get ready <laughs> and he said where's Rachel pointed at her and like applauded and all these things and she's like hey. <laughs> I just like and I I love it I just never know what to do That's yeah because I think I was literally like I never know if I should curtsy or yes. bow or tip my hat like what do you <laughs> do a little dance like make it a little yeah so <laughs> I don't yeah and it's just it's a wonderful moment but it always happens every yes. time so anyway I love attention but in those moments I expected attention not like yeah, maybe that's what it is. If I, yeah, if I'm expected to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. and I know I should be the center of attention, it's fine. <laughs> but spontaneous attention, maybe that's what it is. Anyway, all right. Well, we're almost 20 minutes, and we still haven't gotten this was a 20 minutes well spent. <laughs> getting you know, kind of shaking the shaking the dust off, and getting loose, and getting ready to talk about our topic. Um, we will be stick around to the end of the episode. We're going to be um, letting you guys know about some fun things that you can expect 
on a regular basis on the pod. Um, so just hang out until then and you will see how you get to, we get to have a little bit of audience participation and uh, you'll get to ask your questions and submit um, certain things to us that could show up on the podcast on a later episode. Mm-hmm. But let's talk money. It's everyone's favorite and least favorite thing at the same time. Yeah, it's a hard one. Money is hard because it's an emotional thing in itself. Like personally, I hate talking about money when it's like our personal money, when it's other people's money. (laughs) That's not what I mean. Um, Like I am comfortable having these conversations now in my career, but like even I like me and my husband sometimes talking about money is always just a, like the harder part of being married but yeah yeah so we're going to talk about managing expectations kind of how we feel some of these things interplay with each other and you know we'll talk about like clients how you can help be successful vendors how you can help your clients be successful because we do want this to be a bilateral yeah beneficial yes podcast yes all things working together for the greater good so as I mentioned at the beginning this is the topic that kicked us off officially on um, moving forward with doing the podcast and the original title of the ongoing running note that we have which just houses whenever we have ideas we just kick it onto the note the title of that note when it first started was you can have a (laughs) I'm gonna remember this I'm gonna remember this it was you can have a loose vision if you have a no nope that wasn't it is it no you can have a firm vision vision if you You have have a a loose loose budget. budget or or you need to be okay with having a loose vision if you have a firm, more or less firm be- meaning more in the medium to low scale of mm-hmm. budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't have both unless, unless you're doubly loose. Unless you have a loose vision and a loose budget. In which case, congratulations to you. My goodness, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> we love that. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm thrilled. Right. And this is probably the one part where we are like truly going to say we are judgment free on like whatever your budget is, like whatever that budget is for you matters not. We are simply discussing what needs, what the expectation needs to be given the budget that you enter into wedding planning with. Yes. And no matter what, you should always be having, you should have the wedding that is appropriate for what you can afford and Absolutely. that there's nothing wrong with what you can afford what's important to remember is being well balanced yes and not not there's not anything there I guess I'll say there are a few exceptions for things that should always cost exactly the same no matter what your budget is Mm -hmm. there are fixed costs associated with weddings but you need to as the client and vendors as you know the vendor and the planner have a good understanding of what your overall budget is and how it needs to be allocated so that you can understand balance at the beginning of your planning process and not feel shorted or like you are suddenly at the end of your budget, like way too soon in the process. Yeah. My favorite analogy, whenever I'm talking to couples about like how we should be allocating budget is that you can't, or you can, you but you probably shouldn't <laughs> overspend in one area and then serve swill for your bar or- yes you know, have 
nothing on your Pizza table pockets. that are like right it's just, I mean, it, but again it kind of does come down to like if you are okay with the you know disposables for okay. example mm-hmm. like by all means but where I think people go wrong is like they they start off with the venue which in our Dallas market is a incredibly common very common thing and it's a good chunk of change just about every single time not realizing that proportionately it's going that depending on what the overall number is the venue tends to take a large chunk of it and people don't realize that until it's too late mm-hmm. yeah I, and that's also very interesting because now that I think about it something that I hadn't thought of before I on the elusive first episode let's just throw it up on the let's just post it one day when we find it yeah just be like y'all this is what you could have had um but no something that I didn't think about is that I actually service Dallas and New Orleans primarily so I've had a couple mostly Dallas for sure but I've had two in New Orleans where um the it was not I didn't I guess put this together at the time but now that we mention it both clients I did venue tours with Mm. So we, they had not selected a venue. I was very much involved in the venue selection process and traveled to New Orleans to do venue tours with them and see them in person before any decisions were made. So I think it truly is regional. We would love to hear from other planners on what the standard is or what like you most commonly see in your area. Again, stick around till the end of the episode to figure out how to do that. But yes, just want to know what the what the vibe is depending on where you are and are you seeing people come to you with venues and dates solidified or are they flexible in that until you get involved? And I would say like, personally, most of my full service clients are either hiring me prior to their venue selection or simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> I think a couple or like of- with a few options in mind, like you're yeah. not having to hunt them down from scratch in certain cases. No, like they will either already have a contract out with the venue mm-hmm. or they're about to get a con. Like it's literally like at the same time, like I'm usually still reviewing the contract oh. while like before they sign, but mm-hmm. they will have literally, it's like they are talking to both of us at the same time, venue and me. Gotcha. I have a few like that. And then like they sign with me first so that I review their contract. Right. And that, but my partial clients, I would say, is more common for them to have the venue mm-hmm. in place and then come find me. Absolutely. I think Which that makes sense. Yeah. For like partial, it's like, usually it's. Those are one partial. of the things. Yeah. And like, and that's, you know, picking where you're going to get married is one of the things that couples tend to feel more equipped to do slash just, even if they don't feel equipped, it's something they want to do. It's one of the most important mm-hmm. decisions. So they're like, well, we at least want to, if we're going to go partial and we're just going to get help. And we want to like at least start this process typically, you know, and then I think Dallas is just so competitive with dates. I think people really move quickly on booking venues because you don't have a date if you don't have a venue. And a lot of people in Dallas have, I find that they have dates that are very significant to them. Like they are willing to look at multiple venues if it means getting the date that they want. Mm -hmm. Whereas again, I'll just use my New Orleans for reference. We are typically I've seen them just be more flexible Mm -hmm. um and say well we love this venue and we will we will align ourselves with a date that this venue is available it's that laissez-faire mentality it must be it must be be, because I mean you know it just things move slower down there (laughs) yeah but I think that I mean that plays well into our 
our topic, Mm -hmm. which is the managing of expectations. Like, let's say, for example, that you are working with a hard ceiling as far as what your budget is going to be. And there's not a lot of room for flexibility. Like you, you know, again, firm budget, loose expectations. Mm -hmm. So you may have to become a little bit more comfortable with the idea that you may not get the date that you want or the day of the week Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. the season or just things like that. Like, cause the venue is always, well, no, not always, but most of the time the venue is one of the bigger chunks and it depends on if you're going hotel versus standalone. Sure. But even so, even with like the standalones, once you combine the catering and the bar and the venue together, a lot of the times that's your biggest chunk. Right. Um, and be very aware of your, what, what is standard for wherever your wedding is going to be for wherever that area is here in Dallas. I would say a great majority of our venues, even those that are standalone Mm -hmm. and that are specifically like this was built to be a wedding venue. It's not like a historic building Mm -hmm. or a hotel, but even still, most of those venues are partnering with exclusive, if not like a list of selected caterers Mm -hmm. that you are obligated yeah, to work with. And so your venue suddenly becomes more than just your venue and you have to be a, okay with a lot of things would be incorporating the pricing of all the services that are tied with the venue mm-hmm. up front. Yes. And I think one thing that I, this is not to knock venues, don't come at me, but coming from the venue side, I know that like mm-hmm. when people would ask us like, and this is anywhere that I've seen, like when people would ask, well, what is an average wedding cost having it here? Oh it's my. Like, talk about a landmine. Ooh. And you know, clients ask me that too. Whenever we're like in the venue part, they're always like, they ask me like, how much is a wedding here versus a wedding there? It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, it's just a matter of allocating the money to different areas. Right. I should be asking you. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> um, how much is your wedding going to cost you? Because you, it is completely incumbent upon your taste and your expectations. Yeah. So okay. what the wedding is, like, what do you think, what are your... Like when you think of wedding, right? Like that standard is so flexible depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, I've only ever seen weddings where, you know, it was a buffet. It's always a buffet mm-hmm. and we did disposables and that's really, and you know, like the tables were rounds and we used these chairs and like, that was it. And there was a dance floor and there was a DJ, boom, done. Or some people have literally, they think it is completely absurd to have, it's like, it wasn't even a wedding if you didn't have a band. Like, oh, you have to have a band. Right. You know, so like those standards of what is standard is completely different and all of those things affect the price. Yes. Firm vision. Loose budget. has to have a loose budget. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, the thing is when- When it becomes a checklist and you're like, I have to have this and I have to have this and I have to have this and I have to have this. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times the have to have this equals more dollar signs. And that is a conversation that we're usually having as far as like what is realistic, but you may not necessarily be initially prepared for that dollar sign. Correct. (laughs) And it can be a little bit jarring to see what that number actually is. Once it's time to start putting pen to paper, you but really again, don't know it either if you haven't planned a wedding before. I mean, most mm-hmm. people will give their best guess, like not joking, like they are really trying to assume and guess what the pricing of things is going to be. And sometimes they're honest. I mean, to be fair, not only are people way under a lot of time, but a lot of times people overestimate too. There's that too. But 
even what's I think really tricky these days is like things have changed so much in the past five, five years. We'll just say five, sure. let, let alone 10. But each of those <laughs> years, like I was going to say even less, like if you would have talked to me two years ago yeah. about the state of the wedding industry, it would be completely different than From what that. I would say right now. So people who have like siblings getting married, oh I feel so bad for them because yeah. that investment that they made, you know, just a couple of years ago is absolutely not going to get the same result yeah. that it is. I would even argue that days. if you got engaged within proximity to your sibling's wedding, if you were like an engaged person at your sibling's wedding and like by the time your wedding comes around, things are already, so different. things are already different. Yeah. Things you have moved on. My brain immediately went to the, and we're going to have to make this a whole other episode mm-hmm. because otherwise this one's going to be forever long, <laughs> but the whole people are like, oh, the wedding industry is just expensive for the sake of being expensive. That's yeah. It. We're going to come back to that. Oh yeah. Um, how many... <laughs> It doesn't, you can't even address that topic as like a blanket. That is like a, something that we are planning to break down. There's different, very specific yes. aspects of that yes. that need to be clarified. So if anyone is thinking that based on this conversation that we just had, put a pin in it. We're going to come back to that. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not all as dramatic as everybody seems to be it making really it. Isn't. I think that's what's so sad. And that's another thing that propelled us towards making this podcast is that we genuinely love what we do and we love the people we don't want to see harm come to you no we want you to have a fun time we want you to feel fantastic and have a fantastic event but i do have this tendency to need food water and shelter in order to survive and it's like i and that costs money that costs money and you want me to spend hours upon hours of time investing my you know self and my life into the success of your event and that means that i don't have time to you know have another job that gives me you know you don't if you don't pay me to eat nobody else is going to (laughs) someone I I I gotta pay for the internet that it takes me to send emails to your vendors like all the again we will touch on the minutiae of this but we digress we digress for now there's a little taste for when we get yes 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 Mm -hmm. um so yes so basically just firm budget you need to be flexible and looser in your vision and be willing to either consider removing certain elements of, you know, things that you may have considered non-negotiable. But or even if those elements, elements, if those elements are humans and guest count at mm. your wedding, then Period. perhaps the element can be a guest. <laughs> the element can be a human. That but, is correct. Because I think like people don't realize, and I'm just going to put it out there, like, most of the time people starting budget with me, at least the ones that I'm seeing most commonly, the starting point of a per person cost is about $500. So if you've got, you know, a hundred people, your starting point could potentially be $50,000. Right. Potentially. Depending on, and this is speaking to clarify, this is when we say cost per person, that's not inflexible. What we're saying is the type of wedding that most people are envisioning. Yes. The type of wedding that most people are trying to achieve. The one that you have seen floating around on social media. Some some of the ones. Some of the ones. I know, because even those are, you need to be a l- even more flexible if you're looking at some of those. But just the ones that, you know, if you're in that age range where you feel like you're going to a wedding almost like twice a month, 
you know, I mean, essentially it's millennials and older Gen Zs at this point, the weddings that you're seeing, you know, it had, you know, maybe 100 to 150 guests, photo booth, centerpieces on every table, um, you know, pretty standard catering, maybe a buffet, just the trimmings of, I would say like a DJ probably yeah. versus a van, like that wedding that you've been going to, that's the price point that we're kind of roughly, yeah. roughly talking about here. Yes. And obviously they can go up, they can go down again. There is nothing wrong with whatever you're comfortable in investing, mm-hmm. but we just have noticed certain trends and we're trying to help manage what that expectation means, what some of these numbers could mean or what you could expect when talking about some of these things. Anyways, um, a good way, like you said, the element could be people as in you don't have certain, when I said earlier that certain costs are fixed, things like the building that you occupy, regardless of how many people you put in that building, it is still the building. And so typically your venue is a fixed cost. Mm. Um, Now that's flexible depending on time of year and day of week. But um, usually the building itself, it doesn't matter if you bring 25 people to it or 200 200 people to it. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there are some things that are directly influenced by how many people you have. Flowers. Food. Bar. Rentals. You took mine. (laughs) Linens because of tables. Everything that goes on a table is multiplied by how many people are at that table. Mm -hmm. Every time you have to add one table to your wedding, you have to add a linen. You have to add eight to 10 chairs. You have to give everyone a fork, a knife, and any other utensils that they need, a drinking glass that all eight people need a plate. You need to add a floral mm-hmm. centerpiece. It's not just, oh, we just need to throw one more table. It's like now you are adding things by like the multiples. So mm-hmm. if you kind of think of it that way, guest count really does influence things in a very big way. Yes. Also, another disclaimer, this is pertaining mostly to the Dallas market. Just in I case that was clear at this Just point. in case we do get some reach you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of the times, I have a lot of Cali based on Instagram. I have a lot of California engagement. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I'm not over there. I'm in Dallas and Austin. Maybe that's why. Well, California's actually. over here, huh? California is kind of coming over here. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, I'm just not realizing once I said that because yeah. Austin. So. Austin, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not a California girly. <laughs> um, could be. could be. I did. I did live my best life in Napa. Oh, to go. I live my best life in San Francisco. Mm. Those are that was probably my favorite trip, like within the yeah, let's go. Yeah, I guess ever. I love that for you. Anyway, on the vendor side of things, Mm -hmm. vendors, we are going to call upon you, our lovely friends, to kind of help maybe have some more honest conversations with couples that are coming to y'all. You know having a good idea of how firm some of these numbers are, you know, I think couples are for the most part, fairly good about being like, you know, you're, you're not in our budget. <laughs> that's true. And that, it's fine. But for some of these things where it's like maybe a little bit more ambiguous, I think couples need a little bit more guidance, especially if they don't have a planner, yes. particularly if they it's, don't have a planner. Especially then. And something specific is knowing as a vendor, not being afraid to ask that question. Rachel asks it in her questionnaire. It's something that I plan to do as I reframe the structure of my business. Knowing from your client upfront, are they a person that wants to see their options, all of them, 
and they are willing to potentially be flexible if they see something that they really like? Or are you a client that is firm on your budget and you don't even want me to tell you about things that are that fall without mm-hmm. with, outside of your budget, not within your budget? That's an important thing to know because sometimes, you know, as a vendor, and I know there's a lot of coaching and training and like business ownership that tells you to, you know, potentially, yeah, make the sale, upsell, like try to add things to the basket. I think that it's really in this industry, it is very important and it builds trust and integrity with clientele when you are upfront with them and leave the ball in their court. Basically, you can, if you, if they're a person that's willing to say, well, hey, this is our first time doing this. We don't know what's even out there. So if there's something that you think we will like, we would love for you to share it with us and let us make the decision on whether or not we want to spring for it. Or if you're a person or figure out if they are people who would prefer to be just served at the level that they're at and not shown things that don't meet their budget criteria. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's a personality difference of like, actually, you know, my husband likes to tell this story because, um, Jonathan, that's <laughs> how many times we can name drop our significant others. <laughs> um, Jonathan and I are com- complete opposites just about on every single point possible. Um, but like we, so we went ring shopping mm-hmm. before we were engaged because my husband does not like to leave things to chance or he, he's very risk averse. And he wanted to make sure <laughs> that I would like the ring, which fine. Which fair. we love. We love. Um, and she loves it. I do love it. <laughs> She's sparkly. <laughs> um, but we had two different approaches. We went to two different stores. I, preferred the experience we had at one store. He preferred the experience we had at a second store. And the reason was because I wanted to, the experience I preferred was I wanted to just go, I wanted to go try on all the things that I wanted to like, just to see what looked good. Mm -hmm. Didn't care about price. Just wanted to see what shape looked good. What size looked good. Mm -hmm. What size didn't look good. What colors look like. I just wanted to see all the options and know what I was. And then I was going to figure out pricing from there from there what can I afford yes but I want to know that I like it first and foremost right Jonathan liked the second experience because the salesperson was basically not letting me see anything outside of what the number was I didn't like that (laughs) because I wanted to know other things and just wanted to get like an idea of first I was also trying to compare apples to apples too because I wanted to know like what I saw at the other place versus this place, but Jonathan preferred the more straightforward. I'm not going to show you anything that's out of the technical budget that you gave us. Um, And that's just a difference in our personalities. And I think like people just need to get comfortable with like having those conversations of what do you want? Like, what is the approach that works for you? Mm -hmm. Also, because I haven't talked enough in this little stretch of time. Oh, go off. (laughs) The, when you said, what did you say? Oh my gosh. You said, oh, when we were talking about, you know, like with vendors, I think sometimes it is hard for us to not get into that. Just make the sale mentality. Mm -hmm. I do think as a whole, this whole industry, couples and vendors, we just all need to get more comfortable with saying no and it being okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like, yes, I have been on this whole kick with like pricing and talking to vendors about like valuing themselves and all the things that self-plug anyway, (laughs) it's been great. I've been really enjoying that. 
But I think the root of everything is just getting comfortable with walking away if you need to walk away. And that again, goes both ways. Couples, it's okay if a vendor is not the right fit for you vendors. It's okay. If a couple is not the right fit for you, we can't all be everything for everyone. And saying no in an industry where for the last forever, I mean, I've only been around it for as long as I have, but I do feel like it's been a very yes industry Mm -hmm. more. So that's obviously more weighted towards vendors saying yes to Mm -hmm. um, the couples in question, but it's always been like so many people's marketing is it's your dream day. You can have whatever you want. Um, You know, that is more the tone that we have been accustomed to. And so it feels really bizarre to say no Mm -hmm. and to feel like even as the person with the experience, like I think what that has kind of, unfortunately the say yes all the time mentality has unfortunately like transformed into like, you now can't have the expertise that you have or you can't share the expertise that you have because you feel like if it is like contrary to what the couple desires, even if you know it's not Mm -hmm. a good fit and you know it's not going to work, you don't know how to broach that topic because you feel like you, what's their wedding? They have to have whatever they want. And I think to some degree, like they still, they still should, but like, Mm -hmm. Within reason. Yeah. And I think I just know something is not feasible. Yeah. Well, and what I tell people sometimes like in the consultations is like, I, you know, if it's a no right now, it's fine because whoever you get matched up with is going to be able to tell you yes more. Mm -hmm. If it's the right fit, then you're, that's where you start getting your yeses, but you just have to be realistic with making sure that it's the right fit and not essentially trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Because like when people do book me and it is the right fit, yeah, I'm going to start saying yes a whole lot more because I've scaled everything in a way that like I am able to accommodate a lot more of those things, at least on my services, on the front of my services. Yes. But, and again, if you're flexible on a lot of these things, key is flexibility. When you're flexible, you get more yeses. Yeah, that's so true. There's really, I think something else that we find in the whole like flexible, inflexible, loose firm front is that a lot of people, and I think this is something, funnily enough, you could probably speak to this, that people do with like a house or home shopping. Good God. (laughs) Rachel and Jonathan are still fairly new, fresh homeowners. Congratulations. I think what people do is they materialize something in their brain that they don't know if it exists in real life yet. Mm-hmm. And what I mean when I say that is you have no frame of reference for a wedding. If you're a person that has been dreaming of it since you were little or since you were younger, you create in your head, this is what I want it to look like. This is what I want it to be like and all these things. And then when you actually traverse into the actual existing wedding world, you're searching for the things that you have manifested in your brain, mm-hmm. which I'm all for manifestation. Like, let's do not get me wrong there, but certain <laughs> things exist and- like our real life and certain things can be created. There's that middle ground where if it doesn't exist, we can make it exist. And then there's the right, if you throw enough money at it. Correct. Again, (laughs) flexibility, loose budgets, things like that. But it can be, this is just a testament to flexibility where if something, the exact thing that you pictured, you know, you don't, like I say, it relates to home ownership because I feel like people are like, okay, when I, what I'm looking for in a home is X, Y, and Z. And every house you walk into if it doesn't meet x y and z criteria well it's like the houses are built like (laughs) they are built the way that they are built so there has to be some flexibility 
where it's like, okay, but I really wanted like the laundry room to be on the left side of the kitchen, not the right side of the kitchen. Well, I mean, I'm so glad that that blueprint in your brain is like something that you were able to come up with. However, if you do arrive on site and the laundry room's not on the side of the kitchen that you wanted, is that something you can work with? If you arrive to a rental showroom appointment and you really wanted the chairs to crisscross in the back, but it's the same exact chair. It's just, it doesn't crisscross in the back or things like that. Like I'm speaking very like frivolously here, but just try to think for a moment that there are certain things that are work withable and Rachel's word, figure outable. Figure out, everything is figure outable. Figure outable and understand that we can work with you and the yeses become more plentiful if you are willing to budge on the frivolous things first and foremost and um kind of consider even you know larger things that could potentially you could be more flexible about or have a wider scope to your vision about that'll I think a lot of times people are afraid that if it's not exactly what they want it won't be as good but sometimes it's better Mm-hmm. and that's Ooh, big retweet yes sometimes it's so true better. so true we'll also talk about how sometimes just letting go altogether let, just go let, like let your vendors work and some, you will be mind blown at some of the things that these people will come up with i promise you but we'll, yes. that's a topic for later as well look at us okay i think we we wrapped up i think we got our point across i hope <laughs> what's our time stamp where are we at we are at 49 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> so it's a perfect amount of time to close out with our upcoming um, vision for the podcast and some of our goals and as well as things that you can do to help it be a more um, collaborative environment. Yes. So I forgot we did. Did we do, um? goodness. What our segments are going to be. I know. Yeah, we're going to do our, so we're going to have some segments that we're going to um, rotate at, uh, per episode. So each episode will feature a different segment that we're about to go over what, what these mean. The first one, Rachel will introduce. Oh, I'm doing it. Oh, okay. I think it was one and two, four, one, three. Sure. Do you want to do his taping? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one, um, we are calling it the You May Now Diss the Bride, which is essentially subpoenas on listener complaints. Um or listener complaints, whatever we're reading. Sorry. We can judge on if it's a valid diss or not. Basically, if you are a guest or a bridesmaid, bridesmaid, a part group, of a wedding party, a br- another bride, it, we're cousins not, with, we're not really like gender specific. It was just like a, if it's a play on you may now kiss the bride yeah essentially so i'm all about wordplay y'all are gonna figure that out yeah, sooner no, or later the pun queen so yes you may now just the bride submit your complaints it's basically am i the asshole um no is it cordially that? indicted edition no yeah it is it's am i the asshole you give us a, or are they the asshole right it's <laughs> there's the different answers here? yes and we will um we will you know, weigh in we will weigh in on it with our judgments on who if you have a valid point if it's a valid diss um, if everybody is at fault in some way, <laughs> if everyone's contributing, <laughs> everyone's we're all the problem. That's what the answers are. It's you're the YTA is you're the asshole. NTA is not the asshole. And then ESH is everyone sucks here. <laughs> I'm glad you understand internet things. <laughs> um, our, so that's, you may now diss the bride. Um, our second segment type is uh, just 
Q&A. It's pretty self-explanatory, but we want to hear our listeners' questions. And this can be uh, listeners who are engaged and listening for couple advice. You can be a vendor and submit a question um, and we will answer them to the best of our ability, knowledge, and experience. So um, Q&A is going to be another type that will be rotating in and out. Just wedding advice, you know? General just stuff. Wedding. And it can be anything wedding or wedding like adjacent. So yeah. if you want to ask a question specifically about wedding day, if you want to ask about etiquette, etiquette. <laughs> look it up. Etiquette or just things like okay this is coming up I have this outfit idea like submit visual aids like whatever you feel is Ooh, you needed. love a visual aid love a visual aid I love see figure a mm-hmm. present to the court <laughs> submit your evidence so yeah so Q&A you may not have surprised one Q&A is two all right our third one is it's taking um because <laughs> I just found that like whenever we were saying like you know, it's like, it's giving, it's giving this, giving that. I just found too many times that it just wasn't enough to say that it's not giving um, to the point where I decided that it was more appropriate to say it's taking. Yeah. It's taking away. It's yes. making it worse. It's this is not neutral. This, this is not indifferent. This is a clear evil. Yeah. <laughs> This is directly a problem. Yes. So we will discuss those um, items. So if you see something in the wild on the internet mm-hmm. or something and you're like, what is this atrocity? Like cheesecakes. Do you remember when I went off on cheesecake? You, I cheese- do. Cake. Cheese space. Cake. I <laughs> love cheese. cheese. Like y'all will, well, you may may or may not, may not learn. If you know Rachel. If you know me. You know she loves cheese. If cheese you don't know her. makes up the bottom two parts of my food pyramid. Yes. <laughs> I love cheese. But I saw this trend going around i guess people were stacking <laughs> people were stacking wheels entire wheels of cheese like with graduating sizes from biggest to smallest essentially to create a cake to create tiers of cake um and cutting the cheese <laughs> <laughs> that in and of itself i just like what does it say the dj gets picture this people <laughs> the dj gets on the mic assuming you're announcing this the DJ gets on the mic and says, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. are now heading over to cut the cheese. <laughs> you can't say it's the cake. Because I mean, it's not. You would mislead people. I have to also imagine that many, many, like, and I'm, I, I try to walk the line between like guest experience and client experience where like, yes. you know, you want your guests to have fun, but not at the expense of you yourself having fun. However, I think there will be many a confused <laughs> look. Just people who would probably not understand why they were following up their dinner with like brie. I just and it I couldn't tell if it was a replacement of the cake. I never got an answer on this. Was this cheese that was replacing cake altogether or was I this feel like just it was funsies? I think it was a solution because so many people, I mean we've even heard it where I just don't really care for dessert. I don't really care for cake. And I think there are people who are much more on the savory side of things that actually did not have cake and in lieu of cake did stacks of like different wheels of did cheese. they cut it though like can you imagine trying to muscle have... your way through a wheel of parmesan no like i have a friend who did this oh and i have they have photos from their wedding of them cutting it they cut the cheese 
Oh, it looks like they did. My maturity level is clearly. Anywho, that's an example of something that's taking. Rachel is taking. To me, it's taking. So yes, that's, and this is a segment that we will be contributing to. Like Rachel and I will be discussing what we think is taking. However, please feel free to submit if you see something in the wild that you think is taking. We will absolutely um, consider discussing it on the pod. Our final segment in the same frame, kind of, as it's taking is going to be our funeral, but this is actually a very definitive, you know, it will probably be our most controversial segment Yes, because we are officially putting these things in the ground. We are, we have seen enough. <laughs> they are tired. Some of the things aren't even that bad. They're just completely overdone at this point. Yeah. So we don't want you to think that everything is like, oh my gosh, if we're shunning it or if you did it it's hard if we did it it's, it's ugly or 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 anything like you, like that. we're wrong but no no no. we're just saying that after like a decade of seeing the same exact thing done for a year or you, it just it depends <laughs> it just depends on what the thing is really yeah um and the safety of said thing and the practicality of said thing i think some things just don't look some things just don't give like y'all think they give and and, and it just needs to be buried and again to rest get comfortable with saying no (laughs) and so it's for your own good we know at the time too i mean a lot of it is that we will get the blowback you will be none the wiser but which is kind of the point you hire professionals so that you get to be blissfully unaware of all the shit that goes down on your wedding day right point being that (laughs) you don't you think nothing bad happened that's not that's not the case <laughs> you just don't know and I would prefer if nothing bad happened at all like I can totally pick up the pieces and it's my job to be the fire extinguisher at your wedding sometimes literally um but if we can avoid fires altogether that's preferable so literally that is where the funeral is going to come into place we will be doing last rites and reading final wills and testaments of um items objects physical or conceptual <laughs> that need to just need to just let it rest mm-hmm. so submit your um questions for answering your disses to brides or other members of couples your obituaries your yes <laughs> to the funerals and if you see something that's taking please visit our website because kelsey made us a website that I still need to review. <laughs> By the time you hear this, it will be up and running. So worry not. Um, the website is going to be cordiallyindicted.com. Just the name of the podcast, Cordially Indicted. That is I-N-D-I-C-T-E-D, cordiallyindicted.com. And you can submit at gmail.com. <laughs> That is the email that we will see that. But if you go to cordiallyindicted.com, visit the button. There's going to be a button at the top right. It says submit your indictment. That is where you will find the form to, um, it'll be a drop down menu and you can select which segment you are submitting to and leave your comments and questions there. So yes. And also just browse around. I mean, the, the website, I think it's pretty fun. It's going to, if you want to get to really know good. me and Rachel a little bit more, uh, hear about some of our upcoming guests and- <laughs> Um, yes, we will. We guests. will have guests. We will be sharing some of our sixty minutes or what have you with a third body. <laughs> God, we're not going to get anything done, <laughs> especially with some of the guests. Oh my gosh! Sorry in advance. Um, but yes, there's there's a ton of fun information on there about our backgrounds and why we're doing this and what we love. And if you just want to 
get to know our faces since we don't have video right now. If you want to know what we look like. Yeah. No. Unless somebody wants cute. to sponsor some video equipment. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we would love that. Um, but yes, so thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, we really appreciate you. I did say this on the last one, but I'll say it again. I sometimes like, you know, when you're a consumer of content and at the end, they're like, thanks for watching. I'm like, well, I mean, I wouldn't have clicked it if I didn't want to listen. But like really, truly, when you put effort, heart and soul into something and you are, you know, millennial women, we're all slightly insecure in some way, shape or form. It's really validating to have, you know, people chime in and check in and just listen to us gab. (laughs) I mean, really, it's for your own benefit you the listener yeah so you know think about that but yes thank you so much um we will be back in due time oh (laughs) court adjourned court adjourned bye